0: Hulky over bulky kinda hulky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistor superhero. And exotically erotic and aquatic superhero. A viral superheroes have arrived. Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, the cinema sangha podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows. That's a mouthful. My name is Devin Faraci. I'm one of the hosts of this show, joining me as he does week in and week
1: out. I am a lone wolf. I always have and will be. I feel fine. I am resigned to this. I am a lone wolf. Derek Faraci, how are you? What's that one from? That is the eel song, Lone Wolf. I'm surprised it took you this many episodes to get the eels in here. I've had that one in my head for a long time. I've always been like, it's really long. And I decided to do it. Good for you. Go for it yeah
0: life is short you know the um we talked about this on the last episode of the bad batch but the uh climate crisis that we are now directly in the middle of uh we're not gonna make that much farther so let's just fucking say our eels quotes right let's just do it like before we're
1: all dead from heat stroke yeah Give, give credit to the greatest band of all time when you got time to right there you go there you go how is it by you this week weather wise Um, it's hot, but you know, it's, it's regular Michigan hot hot. as far as I can tell. Like, you know, I read a thing today. It really made me realize how stupid I am because of times I've been in like the South and I've been like, I don't understand how people a hundred years ago lived in this heat. And somebody put up a, an article from New Orleans about their weather a hundred years ago. And they were like, today it's. You know, it's 82 degrees in June, which is within normal range of what we usually have. In the winters, it's usually down in the 50s. It's like, wow, we have really cooked the planet.
0: Yeah, we really have. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, there's some parts of this country that are going to be uninhabitable in the next 15 years. So uh, get ready for that. It's going to be pretty exciting. Everybody find a new place to live. 350 million of us.
1: keep away from michigan it's my area we have all the water leave us alone (laughs) you're in a lot of trouble out there in la in california because apparently you're only down to eight firefighting crews to deal with forest fires so
0: get ready yeah this whole state's gonna burn i mean if the big one doesn't come we're hundreds of years overdue for it i you know at this point i've just resigned myself to truly dying in a terrible way. I mean, I have essentially am resigned to some terrible death. Uh, sure. Once upon a time, I just assumed that I would get old and die alone. Uh, yep. But now I think I'm going to die with tens of thousands of other people, which, which I which, guess is positive.
1: <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not going alone. It's a group activity. Yeah. Like everybody has to get on the bus to the afterlife together. Like <laughs> so many of us. <laughs> See you on the other side um you know like the song says enjoy yourself it's closer than you think
0: yeah it is it's later than you think babies so later let, us, think. It right. is, let us let us uh let us enjoy ourselves uh, and i we have an enjoyable episode of television to talk about today but before we get to that you
1: got any marvel news i do i'm sorry yeah i do i just read something that shocked me what shocked you Uh, Jesse L. Martin has signed on for Flash season eight, which is shocking because he's barely been in the last two seasons. I figured for sure he'd be gone by now. Wow. And he's just collecting paychecks. Good for him. He's the best actor on that show and they use him once every five episodes. So good for him. Yeah. Okay. But we'll get to the Marvel stuff. Uh, There's going to be a Marvel themed Simpsons short coming in July that will guest star Tom Hiddleston. Good for them. And it's called The Good, The Bart and The Loki. Good for them. So that's exciting. Do we ever talk about the Star Wars one they did with Maggie? I I didn't watch it, so oh no, I guess not. It's it's fun. It's very fun. So you know, we'll I watched
0: them. some old episodes of Simps- of The Simpsons this week, and um, I this is not an interesting yeah, observation. Are,
1: are, like old episodes, like back when we were young and it was on, or old episodes like ten years ago where it was in its thirtieth season or season, however many season five and six. Okay.
0: And I'm just not even I, – I know this is not a good, uh, interesting observation, but it, the show was just so much better then. And it was better because they had stories and it wasn't just like non-sequitur bits after after non-sequitur bits. Like yeah. I, I watched a couple episodes in a row and they had non-sequiturs within it, but they weren't like just always running for the joke and they
1: were telling stories. And it really worked and it was really great. and I, um, They were people, yeah. Like Homer was a guy who was frustrated with his job and like – Well, no. Homer could,
0: was a clown in season five.
1: Is he a clown by season five? Okay. Yeah.
0: He's a true clown. Yeah. Okay. Season five is when he goes to court because he goes to the all-you-can-eat buffet, seafood
1: buffet. That's one of my they, favorite episodes. <laughs> so he's already an inhuman monster. I mean like they really – very quickly. <laughs> I love the bit in that episode when, when – uh... When Marge is on the stand and like, what did you do after they threw you out? And she's like, We went and rented a boat and went fishing. <laughs> I
0: love that. Simpsons look like a man who had all he can eat. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I I have made my peace with the Simpsons I and mean, may they continue on in perpetuity and pe- pe- keep people happy. But for me, I, I just it doesn't feel the same. And so I I, I, don't I even can't bother.
1: believe it's still on. Like I had read a thing about how it was still not on Fox because even though the show was like so immensely expensive because of the, the cast contracts that Fox kept selling it to itself for, uh, uh, for reruns like, like on different networks and that's how they made money off of it. But now that Disney just owns it all and it's just on Disney plus, I can't believe they're not like, we're not making any money on this. Cut it. It's time to go. I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it's wild. It is. we'll see. Uh, any other news uh yes, uh Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, has started filming in Atlanta. I'm really interested that we had not heard any leaks about this movie yet. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I'm looking, you know what I mean? Like, uh so I am deeply intrigued by what this movie's going to be. And like, yeah. how do we approach this movie? They're making a movie that they didn't think they'd have to make in the way that they didn't think it had to make it. Um, they lost their lead and they are Carrying on, but like, what's it going to look like? And like, what is a reasonable way to like,
1: what is it reasonable to expect from this movie? I think it's very interesting, especially, uh, if I can, you know, if if I, if I can lead to one of the things you've written recently, your bit about Brian in the fast and furious movies and how you deal with a tragic death of a main character and how after time it can start to feel weird if you don't really talk about it you know <laughs> like like when when an actor dies and your movies continue and uh that's on cinema Sanga, if i'm not mistaken it is on the cinema Sanga yeah. website um
0: on the patreon but you know it's yeah it's interesting because with the brian dying with paul walker dying in fast and furious he died while they're making a movie they were really yeah. up against it like it, it, similar to Chad boseman here nobody knew it was coming like it just came out of nowhere and so they couldn't really prepare for it or be ready for it um and then you're in this place where you don't want to like be ghoulish in the movie where he dies and be like, he's fucking dead, you know? Yeah. Uh, but eventually in fast and furious, they keep talking about Brian and he's always like just outside the door. Like that's like his yeah. thing now. He's always like just showing up at the end of the movie and it feels creepy. It doesn't just feel good. To, he just texted me. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. And yeah. so I do wonder what they're going to do
1: with T'Challa. It's really, and he I, just can't I, always just be on other business. And, and it's, Brian, you can kind of work around because at least those became an ensemble movies. Black Panther is about him. It's about T'Challa. Yeah. To have him just vanish, you have to deal with that somehow, right? I mean yeah, – I mean it's going to – I guess we're going to
0: see. We're going to find out. I'm very curious. I'm. It's a really intriguing storytelling challenge for these people. I'm
1: very interested. I, I, I can't imagine how hard it is to figure it out and what to do. Like – Quite impressive.
0: And he, you know, Chadwick passed away when they were quite far on the development of the sequel. And the premise was he was going to be in it. Like he did not, like, I don't think that they knew. They didn't know that he was ill. They, they, and so said they, that were, they
1: didn't know, which well, I am surprised by.
0: Um, but yeah, so it's like it's it's very fascinating. They were developing this movie with the assumption that he was going to be in it. So it wasn't even like they were developing a movie with the assumption that he might be in it half of the time or whatever. Yeah. So I'm very I'm very curious. I'm, I'm yeah. going to give, I'm going to, I want to support all these folks and I do hope that they come out the other side with something really interesting and great.
1: Yeah. Like, like I, I I don't have any questions that I, I don't think that like Kevin Feige or uh, Ryan Coogler wouldn't want to do something that is respectful and good. Right. It's just a matter of how you do it. I just don't know how you do it. Right. You know, luckily they're both far more talented than I am. So they'll probably figure something out. And they've been thinking about it 24 seven. So yeah. 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 So. All right. What else we got? We got, there we go. Uh, Kevin Feige addressed a statement directly to you and said, that is the abomination in the Shang Chi trailer.
0: He is fighting Wong. Yeah. He's
1: fighting Wong. Yeah.
0: I'm like so bummed out. Like I know it was never going to be Chad or one of Chad's people's swords, but like it would have been cool. I don't know. And I, you know, ah, what are you going to do? Uh, that would have been cool. I, You know what? We've actually hit an interesting place in the MCU where even as we're introducing a lot of new characters, we keep bringing back other characters that I'm just not that excited about. And yes. like I don't care about the abomination, frankly. Like bring back the leader. That's what I want to fucking see.
1: Yes. Although I mean, isn't the leader in She-Hulk? No, the abomination's in She-Hulk. Oh, the abomination's in She-Hulk. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think is the story. That's what I think is the story. But so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm mean, like, whatever. The Abomination was not that good, and I'm not that excited about it. And even if they change his design, I'm not that excited about it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, good for them. I'm glad people are excited. I just don't feel a connection to that character, and I kind of want to see the universe widened a little bit. There's a moment in the episode of Loki we're going to talk about today where Owen Wilson says, we've dealt with Kree, Titans, and vampires around here. Yep. Yeah and that just isn't that many things no so you know i don't know i i i could i don't know yeah there could be more yeah
1: yeah and i i don't i don't understand i mean obviously i'm sure there'll be an explanation in the movie itself shang chi but why is wong taking part in like underground fighting rings i mean we're gonna find out he might have been kidnapped or something there's some speculation this movie takes place during the five years oh interesting yeah That's interesting. Yeah. So very sad one that he doesn't, that there's no, there's no Dr. Strange. So he's he's like, I guess I'll go fight. I'm on my own. It's a brave new world. Yeah. And that's it. That's all the news I got. That's it? Yeah. I feel like I saw something else, but I don't remember what it was now. So I can't tell you that you're missing out on. Uh, I, there, there's, do you want to talk about the early reviews for Black Widow now not particularly the no, no.
0: not particularly that's not all that interesting I don't think um, because those early reviews are all pretty standard
1: it's the um, greatest Marvel movie yet I mean that's traditional that's the traditional thing to say it made um, me cry <laughs> really like I haven't seen it but alright I guess maybe we'll see <sighs>
0: Yeah, um, what was the other piece? I'm looking it up right now, actually. They announced the cinematographer of Black Panther. It's the cinematographer of Loki. Which looks incredible. Uh, truly an unbelievably good-looking show.
1: So uh, I, that's I, very exciting. I really feel like if I worked on Falcon and Winter Soldier and I was watching Loki, I'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> like, like, where did they get all their money? How come they have such a budget? And the yeah. secret is Tom Hiddleston, I think. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, they're also doing a lot
0: of s- shooting on sets. Yeah. Um, so that you
1: know that that really goes a long way. Like you. Can, I mean, they created an entire alien planet in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, crazy.
0: But uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, I don't. There was. I thought there was something else. Uh there was a controversy about a review of black widow and I haven't seen the movie. And I thought the controversy was pretty silly. Um, uh, but especially because the part of the controversy was the, uh, critic Peter Bradshaw speculating that uh, black widow's relationship with her father, uh, who in this movie apparently is, uh, red guardian, that he's a big, angry, cartoonishly big and violent man plays some role in her relationship with the Hulk. And people got really mad about that online, but that just seems like really interesting to me. That seems like interesting analysis. Like we, re- yeah. we, we replay the the elements of our lives again and again and again in relationships. We find ourselves attracted to um, our mommies and daddies. Our mommies and daddies, but also to replaying events from yeah. our childhoods and our lives and trying to yeah. get them right this time. So I th- that actually seems really interesting because I'm gonna tell you the truth is that I always felt that Natasha and Bruce didn't make a lot of sense.
1: I thought they did. Why? Because of the members of the Avengers, at least, they are the two that feel guilt over their pasts, where nobody else does. So they they connect in that aspect of it, where they're both real emo kids. Yeah, I guess. I think the thing is, for me, the movie Avengers don't feel like they
0: hang out that much. I would agree with that. In the comics, they live in Avengers Mansion together. Yes. But they don't – you don't get that sense in the movies. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a line of dialogue. I think Captain America lives in Avengers Tower. But I don't think the rest of them do.
1: And um, so you don't have the sense that they're all hanging out all the time. Well, the, part of it too is that we we get a sense of what Natasha had been doing between movies because we see her hanging out with Captain America. So it's right. like – well, and we saw Bruce go off with with – Uh, Tony. So it's like, well, when when were these two chilling out together?
0: Yeah, they just, it's a really interesting thing where I just don't feel like we got enough sense of the team as like buddies or or as people that were in close quarters all the time. So when I, it does, I guess I can say that it does make sense like on a larger scale, but within the, the depiction of the characters, I just never quite got it.
1: I was trying to, I was thinking about this the other day, I was trying to think of at any point in time where Iron Man or Thor spoke to Black Widow or Hawkeye. And I yeah, can not think of any. actually time.
0: yeah, they, they don't really have a lot of um, inter-team interaction. It's it's pretty wild
1: actually. Um, which it's like a you know it, the movies work, so it's not that yeah. big a deal. Obviously, and, 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 and to be clear, I don't mean like a, a line here or a line there. I mean like conversation, like not like I am bringing something to the party. This isn't what I'd call a party. Is not a conversation, right? You know. Um, but like whatever, it is what it is. They weren't making a TV show, so they don't have all
0: the space in the world to have all the characters always interacting in big ways. But it, it, you know, it is what it is. But I just never yeah. got them like as like a romance. It just never made sense to me because I just I never understood them as being that tight. Any of them being that tight? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I thought that Bradshaw's observation having not seen Black Widow seemed really interesting to me, and I think that um while on the one hand, I understand the argument that it's a little reductive. I don't think it's that reductive. I think that actually, human I think psychology. Human, yeah, yeah, I think human psychology does work in those ways. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: all right, we got I mean, any being upset about something It was very shocking, to be honest. <laughs> we got any? Um, we got any jokes? We don't. We have no jokes because the Marvel joke book that I had that I bought like three weeks ago had maybe twelve Marvel jokes in it. So that's so incredible. Real bummer. Real bummer. So instead, I've picked up a new book, the Ultimate Marvel Trivia and Fact Book. hundreds of amazing facts about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and hundreds more trivia questions about its characters, worlds, and films by J.M. Castle. Let's ask some trivia questions. Let's see. Now, I've not looked in this book, so we're going to see how it's laid out right now together. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Here's the first page. Black Panther, The Avengers, and The Avengers Infinity War... Are all in the top ten highest-grossing films of all time? Off to a rough start.
0: Well, no. Find find some questions. It says there's questions? So find some questions.
1: Well, the, I, you want me to sit here and
0: turn some we'll just turn
1: turn the pages and see what
0: happens? Do we uh, have do we have questions? I'm, I'm well, just like flip through there. the book. Like put your thumb on it and flip. Well, through Well, it's a it. Kindle book. I don't have. Oh, you got a Kindle book? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't have that delightful.
1: No. Mm. Uh, easy to. You could probably search for a question mark. In 1984, DC approached Marvel about potentially licensing the publishing rights of the entire DC universe. DC came to the conclusion that Marvel were better suited in making successful comics of Batman and Justice League due to Marvel dominating the market at the time. However, Marvel declined due to the belief that DC comics weren't selling very well due to the characters not being very good. That's true. Burn. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's <laughs> what burn at the end. That's rough. Yeah, there you go. All right, give us one more fact,
0: and then we'll go to the episode.
1: Okay, how about... No, how old is this book? (laughs) It's got stuff about how the X-Men belonged to Fox. Well, it's got Infinity
0: uh, War stuff in it, so that gives you a sense.
1: Yeah. So why is he bring up like, oh, they can't make X Men movies because of Fox, DC Swamp Thing, and Marvel's Man Thing debuted within days of each other. The creators of these characters were roommates at the time. That's totally true, and they are they they, they,
0: they, they they so they don't think that they ripped each other off. They were both <laughs> inspired by a uh,
1: Golden Age character called the Heap. I I'm sure that's true in some aspect, but I guarantee you, one of them came up with. The idea of doing a new character based on the heap. I was like, hey, man, you ever hear about this character, this golden age character, the heap? He's pretty cool, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that gives me an idea. Like, I think that's how that goes about.
0: <laughs> All right. So, those are our facts for this week. Next week, we'll try to have uh, some questions and we'll see if we can answer the questions. We'll see how that goes. Um, but in the meantime, are you ready to talk about the latest episode of Loki? I am. Let's do it. Loki season one, episode four, the Nexus event. And uh, we get a cold open with young Sylvie. She is playing in Asgard. She's playing with a uh, Valkyrie figure. And then all of a sudden, bang, 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 a Minutemen unit pops up behind her. She's like six years old or something like that. It looks like to me. Yeah. It's a six or seven. And it's Ravona Renslayer uh, actually running the whole unit, and they bring her into the TVA. And then she goes through the exact same induction process that Loki did. But the thing is that when Loki did it, it was, like, really funny, and here it's, like, really dark.
1: Yeah, because it's a seven-year-old girl going through it alone.
0: It's a little girl going
1: through it alone. It's super fucking dark. It is, like, crazy dark. (laughs) And, And, And also, we know that Loki's evil, so it's fun to watch him get messed with, where it's not fun watching this innocent child
0: well also we didn't know what the tva was like so it was just like a bumbling bureaucracy in the first episode but here we know what it is and we know that yeah. it's this like weird fucked up thing and so it's so much more sinister um so they bring young loki or young sylvia i guess i should say is her preferred name uh before a judge and she bites ravona and grabs her temp pad and then jumps out of the tva and uh, in the modern day, uh, we see that uh, Ravona, who is now a judge herself and is like uh, gone up the ladder, she was clearly like at like Owen Wilson's level back then, but now she is way higher. She was at B fifteen's level. She was higher than a hunter, I think. Don't you think or no? I mean, she was wearing a hunter outfit. And yeah, that's like, a good point. She's a hunter. hunter team. Yeah. Um. So, uh, she comes out of a meeting with the timekeepers. And uh, we 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 get to take a look at the
1: timekeeper business, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And if you listen real carefully, you can hear a song in the background in that bit. What is the song? In time, we'll be dancing in the streets all night. All night. All night. I don't know if you're kidding or not. I'm definitely kidding. That's from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, when they go into the future and there's the three people floating <laughs> above everyone because that's exactly what this looked like
0: it did look like that uh and then she runs into mobius and she gives him the sad news that uh, hunter c20 has died that uh sylvie's enchantment had basically driven her crazy and then diminished her brain capability to the point where she could not even make words anymore and then she passed away and and and, and mobius is instantly like uh
1: that's sus that's sus.
0: (laughs) he he doesn't love it uh Meanwhile, on Lamentis 1, Loki and Sylvia are getting ready to die. They were watching the fucking planet come at them. And they have this like long conversation where she recaps the cold open a little bit. And she talks about like her life, that she's been like running from the TVA. Um, When I first watched this bit, they, they really address it later on. But when I first watched this bit, I was like a little bit frustrated because I thought the show might be breaking its own rules. How so? Well, because if they come get Sylvie when she's six, it feels like she'd branch off the timeline far earlier than that, right? Um, but she explains it. She well, she sort of does. She she talks about it and then she asks about it, but she doesn't get an answer. So that actually makes me feel good about this thing. Do you know what I mean? Because at first I was like, why the minute that she's born female would they oh, not come okay, and okay. prune it? Yeah. Like that's yeah. obviously if 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 Loki is supposed to be male, as he's supposed yeah. to be, as we know from he's on the sacred timeline. She's a variant from the minute she's born, technically yep. from the moment she's conceived or like from when her when – her, when her cells split enough Let's, to hey. – I'm not trying to be pro-life here. <laughs> when, when her cells split enough to create gender or sex – I should say sex differentials. Right. Yeah. But the show does seem to sort of begin to talk about it because she later on is like, what did I do
1: that was so variant? Yeah. Well – um, well, I think we'll, we'll discuss that. that in a little bit, but I have a theory on all of that.
0: Um, so they are there, and he Loki her a big pep talk, and he's like, you know what? Like, She's like, I guess Loki – what makes Loki is that they they fail. And he goes, no, what makes a Loki is that a Loki doesn't die. A Loki doesn't give up. A Loki can be beat real bad but get back up and try again. And uh, this is a, a hell of a thing to say to somebody as a planet is
1: directly <laughs> crashing into yeah. your head. Yes. Um, also, he watched a video of himself being killed by Thanos not too long has ago. He had seen himself be
0: killed by Thanos, yeah. yeah. But I guess um, he could
1: be in denial. Be like, no, I'm sure
0: I got out of that somehow. Uh, that's actually possible. Um, and then they, like, have this sweet moment
1: where they hold hands. Yes. And is very charged. Mm-hmm. Which creates a, a massive... Uh, uh, Nexus. Ne- accru- so back at the back at HQ,
0: Mobius is watching this unbelievable Nexus spike ha- spike happen. They've been like trying to find these two where uh, all over the place. They can't find them, and this unbelievable Nexus spike happens, and they realize this must be them. Yeah, and so the TVA shows up and uh, captures them and brings them into prison yes Uh, and so loki's
1: very upset that sylvie gets more guards than he does she
0: gets more guards than he does He, he deserves as many he deserves as much security he says yeah and uh so mobius brings um loki back to the time theater again and he's getting ready to throw loki into a time cell and loki is like trying really hard to like not have this happen to him so he busts out the you you're being lied to business that this, this the tva is not what it seems and Moby's like you're fucking this is you this is a desperate trick from a desperate trickster like i just do not believe it and uh he so he goes believe it well he well he starts to maybe believe it right mm-hmm. and he throws uh loki into the time cell and uh this is where we get um our
1: our, our big cameo for the episode Yeah, speaking of uh, Marvel bringing back characters that no one cares about.
0: (laughs) I mean, harsh.
1: (laughs) Harsh.
0: (laughs) It's funny. So because Jamie Alexander shows up as Sif, right? And the only reason why
1: she's not been in any other movies is because she had a TV show. I thought she was upset with Thor 2 because she was supposed to have a bigger role. And then they cut her role down and she was like, I'm not going to do these anymore. Wasn't that the deal? My understanding is she was injured. Oh, okay. Maybe that. I, I know something had on Thor too that she was really upset about it and didn't want to come back anymore.
0: My understanding is that she was injured and then they had to cut her role down because she was injured. Okay. And then she got this TV show where she played a naked lady who came out of a bag in the middle of Times Square. Yes. And she was covered in tattoos and each of the tattoos foretold a crime. Yes.
1: <laughs> it, it, it was it ran like five super, years. Memento. super memento.
0: It ran I, five I've, fucking
1: years. I think we know why it ran five years because grandma or grandpas were sitting down and like, you're telling me there's a TV show about a attractive naked lady covered in tattoos that solves crimes. I'm there. I'm watching that. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah, um, yeah. I
0: mean, it, you know, I, I didn't really watch the show. I knew somebody that wrote on it. They were a nice person, but. Um, I didn't, I I did not watch the show. But she shows up and she, what he, Loki quickly realizes that he's trapped in a time loop. At first, he thinks it's just a bad memory, but he realizes he's trapped in a time loop. And it's a time loop of this moment in which um, Sif is confronting him for cutting off some of her hair. And did you know that this is a true story? Like, this is Tom Hilsen did this to her? No, Loki did this to Sif in the original mythology.
1: Oh, okay. In the original.
0: Norse mythology
1: or the original Norse mythology. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Loki cuts off some of Sif's hair and she's so mad. However, in the original mythology, she's not kneeing him in the nuts. She is so mad that she tells him she's going to break every bone in his body. Literally. She said, I will turn your bones to dust. And, um, so what happens is that he then runs off. Um, she says, you have to replace the hair you cut. So he runs off to the dwarf realm and he finds two dwarves that are like great, um, uh, Creators? I don't know what I'm, what's the word I'm looking for here. Seamstresses? Anyway.
1: Hair, hair creators? No, because
0: they're, like, they're like working with metal. What they do is they oh, take uh, – they weave the finest gold. They're yeah, the blacksmiths, yeah. They weave the finest gold that they can place on her head that matches her hair because in the myth she's a blonde. Yeah. And they also enchant it so that it will attach to her head and grow like her hair. Okay. But then Loki gets like really interested in like what good craftsmen they are. And then he gets involved in a bet where to see who can make, which of the two dwarves that he's working with can make the best item. And then Loki loses and they're supposed to cut Loki's head off. And Loki um, tricks his way out of getting his head cut off, but they sew his mouth shut with leather uh, rope.
1: Oh, well, there you go. So <laughs> that's the story. That would be a Heck of an episode.
0: That <laughs> really would. Uh, but he does get the, um, little, he does uh, open up the leather rope and uh, go get revenge eventually. Okay. Um, So, uh, like the way that Loki gets out of is really dumb because, like, the dwarf who wins is like, "I have a claim to your head," and Loki's like, "Ah, you have a claim to my head, but not to my neck." And so, were you to violate my neck, you would be breaking my personal autonomy. And the gods like, I guess he's right. I'm like, is he though? Is he though? That little trickster. (laughs) Oh, that scamp! That mischievous scamp. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So this is like cute because it's like a little reference to to mythology yeah, um, in yeah the, I didn't you know, know that. in the first episode we had that bit with loki being um uh, uh db cooper which is not a reference to mythology so it's nice when they
1: do a little flashback and it actually is a reference to real North especially mythology. since we all know who db cooper was so it doesn't make sense it was um don draper who's jimmy james wnyx owner jimmy james there was a really big online
0: contingent who thought that Don Draper was going to end up being DB Cooper. That was going to be the end of Mad Men. I
1: remember that from before I watched Mad Men. People saying that, and and yeah. me being like, he looks, he looks like the drawing. <laughs> like it's I understand where that's coming from. Um.
0: So Loki's in this time loop, and he's getting kneed in the nuts by Sif again and again and again and again and again. Um, meanwhile, and and uh, being told that he'll always be alone, he'll always be alone, he'll die alone. Um. Mobius goes to his own Renslayer and tries to get in to see Sylvie. He really wants to go see Sylvie. While he was talking to Loki before he put Loki into the time cell, um, he basically realizes that Loki likes Sylvie, and he yeah. begins to use that against him. He's like, oh, you like her. <laughs> but he's, He says, you like her. Does she like you? Yeah, <laughs> Which I thought was very, very funny. And he also um, points out how creepy it is. It's how creepy it is. Only yeah. you could fall in love with yourself, yeah. you seismic
1: narcissist. Yeah. It, 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 in, in essence, at one point he brings up like your feelings f- for each other created a nexus event because it's so wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> so basically you can create a nexus event with extreme incest is what that means. <laughs> Uh, so he wants
0: to Mobius wants to st- interrogate Sylvie, but Ren says, "No, you can't." She's way too dangerous. Just you cannot even go near her. Do not go near her at all. And um, he this makes him very suspicious and also irritated because he just wants to investigate. That's like his whole deal. He's an analyst. <laughs> he wants to
1: investigate. Although I do like because she's like she's like no she Sylvie's very dangerous she could escape and he's like she's not going to escape and, and R- Ravona's like well Loki escaped the first time you talked to him he's like all right ouch that hurts <laughs> it's true but so I appreciated that it is tough um uh
0: so w- when when uh he goes out after having this um this meeting with Renslayer he runs into B fifteen and B fifteen is like what did What did Loki say to you? And he says – he said that um, the TVA is lying to us and we're all variants. And she has this look on her face where it's like this rings true to her and uh, it is a real moment. So Loki inside the time prison – time cell finally breaks the time loop and he basically does it by just saying to Sif like, you know what? You're right. Like I am – awful what i did was terrible i thought it'd be funny but it was just because i want attention and i want attention because i'm afraid i'm going to die alone and i'm a narcissist and i cannot see beyond myself and yada 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 and sif is like stopped in her tracks like truly like stopped in her tracks which i really liked um jamie alexander has nothing to do in this episode
1: no no she did like a whole um tweet about it I guess she's in Thor, London, Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, they announced that a while back, which is why I'm so, I don't understand why people are like, oh my god, she's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. It's like, people, we, uh, uh, the goldfish like, memory, my friend.
0: I guess. I mean, I guess that she must have like shot this around the same time, I guess. This just seems like such a nothing. Although they shot this in Atlanta. Atlanta so that's quite And intriguing. they shot Thor in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know. I, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I mean maybe it was all the same 3 weeks, do you know what I mean? Like week, week, I, one, we could shot
1: this. They may have shot this in Australia because for all we know Loki's going to pop up in Love and Thunder in some way.
0: Yeah, but it seems unlikely because Owen Wilson shows up in this set and it seems unlikely that Owen Wilson's going to be in Love and Thunder.
1: Yeah, but uh, they like because she's there and like let's say she's already there for filming and then Loki has some kind of cameo thing or Hiddleston has some kind of cameo thing in Love and Thunder. It you it's easier, you know, they just fly out Owen Wilson for a day to do his shot. And I then, guess, um, I mean, that could be, I would know. think who it's knows? more who reasonable knows?
0: that right. they probably would schedule her to go to Atlanta first and then fly her to, yeah.
1: um, you know, I'm, I'm saying if Loki has, a, a, an un, at this point, unrevealed cameo. I suspect he might not. I don't think he does, but he might, who knows? I he have might feeling, a feeling flashback or just, who knows? I have a feeling the show is going to leave Loki in
0: a position where, um, the main characters of the MCU are not going to know he's alive. I just have yeah. this deep suspicion that he is ascending to the next level of the MCU. And that when those characters get to that next level, they're gonna find Loki. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Do you know like as like the MCU moves into the cosmic stuff in a big way? Except for one big problem that happens in this episode, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um so uh, you know, Loki tries to pretend that he doesn't care about Sylvie. He tries to pretend that she was a pawn and whatever, and uh and that's when um Mobius is like, oh, then you don't care that we pruned her already. And he's like, what? Um, but in this argument that they have, Loki basically has all the cards on the table. It says, look, everybody here was a human person living on the sacred timeline and you got taken by the timekeepers. And you've been forced, your memories have been erased and you've been forced to work for the timekeepers. But you were once a person with a family, a life, dreams, goals, all those things. And um, Mobius is like, no fucking way. And then he's like, this case is closed. You are out of here. Uh, get back into the fucking time cell, um, but B fifteen goes to Sylvie in the time her time theater, and she takes her through a portal, and they go back to the um, rocks cart uh, disaster to the apocalypse and the uh, rocks cart, which really ties into the chatter we had at the beginning of this episode about uh, the end of the world. But um, while they're there, B 15s like when you were in my head, I saw things. Did you put them there? And Sylvie's like, no, I can't put things in there. I can only use what's already in there. And that's when B-15 realizes that she was a person. Yeah. And this is a really interesting, there's a really interesting choice being made here in this scene, which is that she asks Sylvie to show her, and Sylvie touches her, and yeah. the green light dances on her temples. Yeah.
1: And we don't see what she's seeing. We don't see, we don't all we see to. is she starts to cry. And then well, when yeah, we it stops, she she says, I looked happy. And it's we don't have to away. see it because yeah, the the performance So, so good.
0: One so Masako who who plays B14 fucking nails it. Yeah. I mean it's like incredible. this whole episode, she's fantastic. This whole episode. She steals it's, it. it. It's really interesting because like it, you have to really rely on your actor to sell it. Because if you're gonna do that bit where they're gonna be seeing a thing that we're not seeing, and it's just gonna be only about their reaction to it, they yeah. have to, they have to nail it. And she truly
1: nails it. She does it twice in this episode because there's also a scene that's just her staring at a poster, right? And and she looks so confused and scared and nervous and angry all at once. And it's like, man, that's amazing. That's great work.
0: She just nails it. So now B fifteen knows that she used to be a person. Mobius has now got this suspicion, so he goes to meet with Renslayer. Now he's closed the case, and he like gives her like uh, Loki's dagger that she puts on like her. on her uh shelf mm-hmm. of trophies yeah, yeah. and while she's doing that he swaps out his tent pad with hers and yeah. they had this whole discussion here where she's like if you could be anywhere in the sacred timeline where would it
1: be and he's like well, well right here with you you know protecting everything well i, I like it like, she's like if you could be anywhere in any place where would you be and he's like i can be anywhere in any place <laughs> i appreciated that
0: that but he mind. gives this he gives that bullshit i'd be right here with you doing the work yeah. it's so important uh and uh then after they have one drink he's like i gotta go and she's like one drink you've got to go and he's like oh i had two drinks uh but you know i'm so tired dealing with all these lokis these lokis are very exhausting they're truly problems and ren like all right i guess so and he suspect. goes he exactly everybody's suspecting everybody else now everybody's pulling the ben like you suspect moment <laughs> <laughs> he goes down to the library to open up her temp pad and he goes and looks in her files and he finds the C20 file, the file where C20 was being interrogated when she got brought back in. Yeah. And he sees that C20 is there. First of all, this looks like a game system from the, um,
1: it looks like those pre, those pre game boys where it was like, just like, like it would have like just the one game on it like the tiger or whatever they were called. I think like, I mean, tiger it's games. not tiger, well, it looks, but, but there were the ones that Nintendo had those pre. No, it was tiger. Yeah. Tiger had those, those were like,
0: where it was just like, it was like images that were burned into the thing. And then would light yeah. up behind the image as Mario jumped, it would be three different Mario images that would light up in, yeah. in sequence. Um, yeah, it, it sort of has that feel. Um, it has the feel of like a really early internet streaming video, no, oh, the look like, of it, yeah, very much. Just so. unbelievably shitty quality and yeah, um, definitely something on like uh on E bomb's world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a really early flash animation on E bomb's world. Um and uh he wants or, or, or you're
1: the man now dog.
0: <laughs> 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 what it looks like. He watches C20 being interrogated. She's like, no, I she brought me to a place I've been, it was a bar that I've been to and I had friends and I had a life and I remember it all now. And uh, my favorite, maybe this is a great episode, but maybe my favorite part of the episode is that um, Renslayer dives into the frame to like stop the recording and he freezes it. And then he zooms in on her face and she has that look on, that look of surprise on her face. And as he zooms in, I was like, Oh, this is a meme. Well, now I'm watching
1: a meme meme be born right here. Also, it's real clear when she first enters the shot that a trend so he doesn't need to zoom it in, but he zooms it in. And all I could hear in my, my mind was was uh, uh, Bill Murray being like, is it big enough? Are people going to drive by and not see it? Like, <laughs> the show just did not trust that we would understand what it was. <laughs> Well, her face is so cartoonishly her fa- shocked. Her face, her eyes are like so wide. Like it's Whoa! so funny.
0: It's like, a, like she didn't realize they were recording. It's like an incredible action get reaction gif. I just I yes. want to use it on every tweet from now on. Like it's so fucking incredible. Um, but uh, so now though he realizes, holy shit, it's true. Like the TVA is full of shit. He is a real person with a real life and uh things are looking up pretty fucking wild. Yeah. So he goes to back to the time cell and he busts in on Loki in the middle of the next loop. And he is like, "All right, Loki, I, w- what's going on here?" And Loki's like, "I told you like this is all a lie, you know." And he's like, "But you know this because Sylvie told you, right?" And he's like, "But do you know that Sylvie can't plant memories?" And Loki's like, "I
1: believe her." And so yeah. and the worst line in the series so far comes up. Well, he says like, so I guess I have to believe two Lokis. And Loki I, says, I have to trust the word of two Lokis. And he goes, how about a friend? It's like, oh, Jesus.
0: So here's the thing, right? So, um, I wonder what twists were being set
1: up for here. I don't think any twists. You don't think so, huh? No, I, I, I think we'll discuss this more in a bit, but I think this episode has two problems. And one is, I don't believe that Loki and Sylvie, fell in love and I don't believe that uh, Loki looks at at, uh, Mobius as a friend, but we, but both are said as earnest, especially the the love thing. I, uh,
0: I do. So if it's earnest, I'm okay with it because I think that they've done a really good job of, um, Moving Loki forward as a character, and I think that potentially the um, Nexus event comes from Loki opening himself up to somebody else. That what when the two of them are together and they're having feelings for each other, what makes it a Nexus event is that they are not trapped in the cycle of solo, lonely, hopeless Loki's. Do you know what I mean? So him coming to the, you know, would you trust a friend? I would be okay with that. But I also wonder if actually Sylvie is in fact implanting false memories in people's minds. <laughs> That's the other I don't you know what I mean?
1: The, the way, I mean, we'll see there's two more episodes, but the way things move in this episode, I don't think she is. But this episode spins
0: everything on its head so completely. Yes. And this show has done that a couple of times now. Yeah. That I don't know that I don't, don't let I'm taking anything for granted at this point after what happens in this episode.
1: Yeah. Who knows? Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? Like
0: the show has proven to itself that it has the trickster DNA of a Loki. Yes. That's and right. then it's consistently misdirecting us and it makes you truly believe one thing is happening. And then all of a sudden something totally different is actually happening. Yes. So why would this be necessarily any different? That's a good. I mean, maybe, but we'll see. Um, so Mobius breaks him out of the time cell.
1: And, uh, in, in the least that Mobius would be like, yeah, I believe you're my friend after everything. Come on. Like, this is rough. Like some sooner or later, someone's gotta be like, nah, Loki, you're full shit. I don't believe you. Like, no matter what you say, but well, you gotta move the story forward. I guess.
0: You gotta move the story forward. I, there's something about Mobius and the way that Owen Wilson plays him that, um, see the things that Mobius has been like in the Loki business for a minute, right? Yeah. Like, this is not his first Loki, right? So, um which we'll find out at the end of the episode is definitely the case, right? So, they've been through other Lokis before, and they've been through a lot of Lokis before, and I wonder well, if he well, just, uh, I wonder if he just respects Loki or likes Loki for some, we, for some reason.
1: We don't know that this isn't his first Loki, because we do know that there's other people in his position that he's never seen. That's a good point. So, there's been other Lokis. But or, know that, or, arguably... His mind is erased every time he finishes
0: a job. Well, that's a good – That's also possible. That's a possibility. But also we just know that he's been on this Loki case for a while before he brings in our Loki. So at the very least, he's been trailing another Loki and studying Loki. And it's not unusual, at least in the genre of the Silence of the Lambs type story which is what this began as yeah that the investigator develops a true respect and like for the sociopathic monster that they're relying on sure sure that's a very common element of this right i mean that's the whole thing with hannibal the tv show is that will graham is like kind of in love with hannibal actually they're kind of in love with each other yeah but he doesn't know
1: that, that hannibal is also a cannibalistic serial killer so that <laughs> helps <laughs> you know <laughs> Like, it'd be one thing if in the first episode he's like, I'm kind of a cannibalistic serial killer. Want to come over for dinner? He's like, yes, I do. Like, that'd um, be a little different.
0: No, I know, I know. But At least a, I,
1: I didn't watch much of that show, but what I saw, he did not know.
0: But I'll also say, though, I think the way that Owen Wilson plays Mobius is really interesting, because I think that he's a real mirror of Loki in that he's also very lonely.
1: Yes, I guess. Lo- I got I, I the feeling in the first episode that him and Ravona were an an item. That they I don't think together. they're an item. I think that he really likes her, but like the way
0: that it works out in this episode, I think that he really likes her and that he's always like hitting on her or like sucking up to her, but they are not together.
1: Yeah, no, I agree through the way it's played in this episode. And then looking back on things where it's like, he eats lunch alone.
0: Yeah, I think he's he very doesn't lonely. Doesn't talk
1: to anyone else. Yeah, yeah I think so. he's very lonely. He's no, very driven. Right. Right.
0: He sits at his desk and reads ski magazines. Um I think he's a very lonely guy. I think that's also part of it too is that he recognizes Wouldn't it be fucking incredible if he's a Loki variant? But um that would be great. <laughs> I mean there's no reason he couldn't be. Uh I'm but Loki. <laughs> but he takes Loki out of all this is about to become uh, uh, moot anyway because yeah. he takes Loki out of the time cell and what happens is Ravona and a bunch of Minutemen are waiting for him and she's like, I think you have something of mine. And he tries to do like, a, oh yeah, I accidentally sucked him up. I just realized right now that I had the wrong temp pad. and uh, But he does the thing. He does the thing. Um, he gives a death speech. Yes. And I think in life it's important that if you ever find yourself in a situation like this, don't give the death speech. Because no. I don't know if you would die without the giving the, de- the death speech. I think death speech is a very important part of death. I, it is a very important part of death, but like, can you if you don't give the death no? no speech, that's what I'm saying. It, it is,
1: if you just don't speak, it's harder for them to kill you. You know,
0: they can't do it. They they have they're waiting for you to say the thing that will make your death more poignant and ironic in the moment. And if you yes. just don't give it to them, they'll just stand there waiting. Is that like? Because I was really wondering as he began speaking, I was like, oh fuck, he's giving them a death speech, isn't he? Yeah. Like the minute that it be, he opened his mouth, the way he was talking, I was like, this is a fucking death speech he's giving right here. Yeah. And sure enough, he does give a death speech. He gives a death speech about how he now knows that he used to have a family and a life and maybe even a jet ski once upon a time and that the TVA is lying to him and yada, yada, yada. And in the middle of the death speech, he gets um, popped. Yeah. He gets uh, pruned, I think they say, right? Pruned. He also says popped is another term that he uses for it. He uses the word popped like a balloon. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is truly shocking. Shocking.
1: I mean, this was really like the most shocking moment in the show for me. Oh, I screamed. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, like, even though, like, as you said, he was giving a death speech. I was like, oh, this is a death speech. But I was like, they're not going to kill him. And then
0: he's giving a death speech. And he's in a TV show where the very premise is that there are variants of people. So that he does not have to even be gone. Even with that premise, I was still like, fuck, are you fucking kidding me? They just killed Mobius. I love this guy. Yeah. Um, We just got him back after an episode without him. Yeah, and it was, like, really, really a bummer. And it turns out that um, Ravona just has him fucking pruned, and then she takes Loki. Well, she looks and, away
1: when, when they do it. She's, yeah, she does look away. She's she doesn't like looking at it. Yeah. Um,
0: she takes Loki, and she gets Sylvie, who
1: has been recaptured.
0: And, and also,
1: uh, when she goes to get Sylvie, she sees that Sylvie's hair is wet. Right. And she's like, who was in here? And the guard is like, B-15. And she's like, all right, B-15 has been compromised killer, if you see her. And they take that's them both right. down to the timekeepers. Yes. And here we have the timekeepers who are truly fucking wild. Well, be- before that though, they're in the elevator, and Sylvie asks, "Oh, that's right, what was my variant? Like, what turned me into a variant?" And Ravona, with a real evil smirk, says, "I don't remember." Truly wicked. That's what you know. What's funny in an
0: episode, Ravona is quite clearly the bad guy. This yeah. is the moment where I was finally like, you know what? Oh, she's Fuck evil as hell. Yeah. I mean, like, truly fuck you. Like,
1: this was wicked. This was truly wicked. Yeah, that was, like, that smirk was just full out. Oh, you're inhuman. Like, that's disgusting. You're horrible. Yeah. Do you have a theory about this? Um, yeah. You said you had a theory. Well, I have a theory, an overall theory that I don't want to get into too much. Oh, not yet. Okay. Okay. I I also have a theory that the Lorax is one of the timekeepers, but (laughs) I don't know if you saw that, dude. One of them looks just like the Lorax. He does. He's really funny looking. They're he's all even really got like a Lorax looking. kind of voice. He's like, oh, oh, blah, 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 blah. I laughed.
0: I laughed. I was like, it's the Lorax. Uh, yeah, it's they're really wild looking. And um what's really funny was that when I was watching it, they show up and they do their bit and I was like, boy, they don't look so good, huh? Like, I guess... I guess my MCU really blew its budget last episode. I get it. Like this isn't it's, exactly. It's funny. I, think
1: I was like, they look better than, than CGI vision. So,
0: well, so it's interesting cause they, they look like puppets. Yeah. They look like puppets. I mean, that's the thing. Like, so yeah. I was like, I guess I really respect the idea to go practical with it, but it's pretty weird and it kind of has a weird look to it. And maybe they could have touched it up with CGI. I was thinking like, if there's just like something like un, unalive about these guys. Um, and uh, how little did I know how, how correct I was. <laughs> they do a, um, a whole big speech thing here. I could not understand half of what the timekeeper said. I
1: couldn't understand the third guy. The first two I could understand pretty well. The first one, fine. Second one, a little rough. Third one, it was like uh, like the the dragon thing or whatever it is from that uh, Gods of Egypt movie where I just couldn't understand a word it said. And I was just angry for 12 minutes of that movie.
0: So Sylvie's trying to do like her like fuck you guys. She's trying to give her own death speech here, like she's like trying yep. to do her thing, but she can't because they like they seem to have like time twisters like built into their brains, like they can. Just no, want it's um, Ravona's doing it. Is it Ravona doing it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but in the middle of this, all of a sudden, B fifteen busts in. Yeah. And, and gives Loki. Thing, so. She breaks the thing, breaks open their collars, yeah. gives Loki back his weapon. And no, no, she gives she Sylvie back her weapon. Oh, then she, she throws it. it over to Loki. Yeah, she throws it over to Loki because Sylvie's a better fighter than Loki as we've seen. Yeah. This. And so uh she gets taken out real fast B15, like almost immediately. She's knocked out instantly. Yeah. Not killed though. Knocked not out. Not killed. Right. right. Yeah. Not not pruned, right? So like yeah. it's very interesting. So um they uh they have a big fight scene here. Yes. I thought it was a pretty good fight scene. It was a very good fight scene. And you know what I'm gonna say? We have been watching um Batman here in this house. We talked about this, I think on the bad batch the other day, we've been watching Batman in this house, 66 Batman. Great show. Great show. And something about this fight scene in the obviously stage set that is covered in dry ice smoke. Yeah. Just really felt like an episode of that, or it felt like a doctor who like, it felt like it obviously was expensive. Like the set obviously cost some money to build or whatever, but yeah.
1: also it felt cheap in a delightful way that I really liked. See, it's funny. Cause it reminded me of, uh, the, the fight in Snoke's room in uh, Last Jedi. That's what I thought about. Not wow, because that's I, like, like cheap. No, because I think that's a great fight, and it's the same kind of format where it's these two arguably uh, rivals f- fighting in front of the, the great villains, you know, the, I, the I, real big bad. I do get that. I do get that. Uh, I think that the Snoke fight is really fucking incredible. Oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. I'm not saying in any way that it looks cheaper, like Batman six. And I'm also not
0: saying that like, just because I think it has that cheesy look. I I think it, I think it purposefully has a cheesy look. Yeah. I mean, because what we discover about the timekeepers
1: next, I think this is all purposefully cheesy. And a lot of the show, this show is not afraid. At least this is my theory on it. This show is not afraid to be like, yeah, doctor who exists. Like, Hey, there's there's a show called Doctor Who and it's real wacky and kooky and yeah, it's also kind of the same thing as this. There's a lot right. of similarities. So they're playing into that field a little bit. And I like that. I like that. Aspect. I wish they did more of that of having like weird aliens everywhere and stuff, but. Yeah, changes, I mean, so. yeah I mean I, yeah I do agree
0: but still I think it's really fun here and I think that the the fight is really good the fight is really fun and I think the atmosphere is really fun um it, it looks good but also looks cheesy and chintzy in a way that I really uh, that I really tuned into in a really positive way but when the fight's over when they defeat the um the uh, Minutemen. Uh, they kill all the Minutemen except for Ravona, conveniently. Yeah. yeah, they just as, uh, Sylvie just punches Ravona. As tradition out. dictates, the actual villain uh, needs <laughs> to so not much. be pierced. LD, yeah. the the lower guys get fucking brutally stabbed to yeah. death.
1: Yeah. And we Bat can Man only will assume murder the hell out of everybody. Buddy will not kill the Joker. <laughs> we have to assume they're really dead too. By the way. Yeah, they get impaled and stuff. Yeah, they're dead. Um, so. Uh,
0: Sylvie throws the blade at the top timekeeper and it knocks his fucking head right off. And the other two start laughing. They start laughing, which is great. <laughs> yeah. And that's when you realize well, this shit is the Wizard of Oz. Well,
1: what's great is their laugh is a very uh for some reason it reminded me like Chuck E. Cheese. Like their laugh is like ha 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 ha. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Once once great. once this
0: happens, they're so obviously animatronic. They're yes. so obviously fucking Disneyland characters. Yeah like the second his head comes off they just sort of like let the characters move like the puppets that they are i mean they always were but because like we were involved in a suspension of disbelief scenario where we say to ourselves well this is obviously a puppet but like it's a tv show but now it's like they're making the move in a way that goes oh this is a fucking puppet yeah yeah Yeah.
1: um
0: and yeah so it's the wizard of oz moment and uh there's this they realize loki's like how where the fuck does this end like what the timekeepers aren't even real so who made the TVA? And yeah. he has this moment where he's just like, "Okay, what the fuck next? What are we going to do?"
1: And then he gets killed. Yep, he gets he gets uh, pruned by Ravona. Uh very shocking moment for me. Real sh- I w- I honestly at this moment I was like, "Holy crap, are the last two episodes about Sylvie? Like is that what the show's going to be about now?" That's crazy and exciting. Um before he gets killed though, he is like building up to kissing Sylvie. Yes,
0: there yeah, was a great crazy. interview yesterday with, with Kate Heron, the director of Loki, where like she literally did this episode like as a preview for this episode. Yeah, and this, so see this is an interview she does it like setting up this episode, and the person interviewing her asks like, "Is there romance between Sylvie and Loki?" And she's like, "No, she said, this no. is not about romance. This is about character <laughs> study, and there's no romance between these two characters." Yeah. And like, I love her for lying that brutally. Like, yeah. I really respect it. Like, it, I, I don't like usually when people when people lie in interviews like that, but there's like a level of Audacity to just straight up like fundamental lie.
1: I think, um, I think there's levels, you know, like everyone on Star Trek being like, it's not con was garbage. Like, come on, guys. It, it, that's a garbage thing because we all know it's con and you're just trying to trick us for no good reason because it doesn't help your story at all. Where this, it, it, I think it helps the story watching this episode and not knowing in advance that there was going to be a burgeoning romance.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what's really funny is is there a burgeoning romance yes does does she like him yes this is the question that um that Mobius asks, and i'm not she like as he's like working his way up to like declaring his love for her
1: she yes. does not she doesn't look comfortable but well, she doesn't look comfortable, yes, I agree, but in the scene on the planet she it's both of them, and as, as Mobius puts it, of course the only person Loki could fall in love with is himself, and that's what it is they're both the same person they're they're both loki. And they see themselves in that in in the other and love it because it's their ego, their, their, their superiority complex is like, oh, of course I'm great. So why wouldn't I love me? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, when, when you look back at the, the previous episode, one of the first things they do when they have a moment to just sit down and talk is be like, all right, who are you having sex with? You know, Like, <laughs> They're right to it. They're they're right
0: flirtatious behavior. But I do wonder if she's really into him the way that he's like so clearly really into um, her. Like he's like truly fallen in love with her. Yes. Like he is like willing almost to sacrifice himself for her. And he actually ends up sort of doing that because he is killed here and uh it's just very interesting to me that I, i'm not 100 percent sure that, that it's reciprocal that she's in love with him and i that was what was really great about that moment as he's like building up the courage to say something to her is like not really being sure how she's going to respond that was what i really loved about it yeah i mean do you yeah. think that she would be she if he had been able to say it and kiss her she would have been good about it um
1: i don't know i don't know she might have been a little freaked out because of his timing very bad timing Having just discovered that the timekeepers are not real, <laughs> like there's more important things to do than make out, and, and she is much more of a stay on target kind of person, having right. spent her entire life on the run. Well, that's the nature versus nurture thing, right? That yeah.
0: she is Loki, but also she had such different formative experiences. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Sylvie fights Renslayer again and wins back the baton. And then she pins Renslayer and is like, I'm not going to kill you. You're going to confess to me everything that's going on here about the TVA. You're going to tell yep. me everything. And then it cuts to the credits. And then if you sat through the credits, you would have found the mid-credit sequence where Loki wakes up. He is not dead. He's in hell,
1: maybe. He thinks he's in hell.
0: And then he is, has the famous scene from the Avengers being recreated. Yep, where it's the Loki POV and a bunch of people leaning over him. In case this case is not the Avengers, it's in fact four variant Lokis. Yes, and one of them is Kid Loki. Yep, one of them is a crocodile Loki. Yep, which is incredible. The, I have looked at so many screen caps of this. The way that his his helmet is jauntily on his head <laughs> is my favorite <laughs> fucking
1: thing in the whole world. It's it, yep. It's it's the best uh, multiverse. Uh, crocodile jokes and Shazam, and I uh, appreciate
0: it. I used to do like a lot of set visits and like junkets and like talk to the special effects guys, and yeah. they were obsessed with getting details right, yeah. Like how this would physically, like if you put a helmet on a crocodile, how would it really sit? What's delightful is that the people who did this were clearly not interested in getting it right. They were clearly interested in what was going to look best, and yeah. that was, I think, a big problem with CGI for a long time. Is they were trying to make it look real, and because it didn't look real, it looked weird even though yes. they were trying to make it look real. But when you just give in to the fact that it's weird and just make
1: it wild, then it's just delightful. Just go with it. Yeah, once, once you just go with it, and this is how it works in this world, and that's it, that's fine. That then there's it. another Loki, a black guy Loki, Who's who got is listed. A hammer.
0: It's got a hammer. It looks like a variation on Mjolnir. It's hard to be sure. Yeah. He is listed in the credits as boast, Boastful Loki. That's his name, Boastful Loki. Okay. And then finally, it's Richard E. Grant. One of the great British in, actors, in classic Loki outfit. Like if you were to hire a guy to come to your birthday party in 1978, he would yeah. come dressed in that literal exact outfit.
1: Yeah, that, that's it's the like, guy that shows up. Yeah, I mean that's the guy that shows up on the news standing next to Stan Lee. Right when they're like, comic books aren't just for kids, and right. you're like, well, what's with this grown man dressed up like a goofball? <laughs> grand opening of a new collectible store here at the southfield mall and yeah. stan lee the creator of
0: spider-man is here himself with yep. and he brought some of his friends with him yep. yeah that's oh <laughs> <laughs> he's here the, to cause trouble he's the god of mischief Yep. um he's stealing yeah. the baseball cards it's incredible i have never been happier than seeing the super classic loki outfit again yeah. in like tights like they
1: didn't try to do it like even in like fabrics. Nope. It's in tights. It's the way, like way overdone horns on the helmet that Jack Kirby used to do where it's like those things would weigh 90 pounds. That's insane that he's wearing that. Like it's so perfect. It's so good. Perfect. It's so good. And um,
0: then Richard E. Grant says to Loki, if you come with us, if you want to live, basically. Yes. Yes. And they are in uh, New York City, by the way. It's a, a post-apocalyptic New York City, and the Avengers Tower is in tatters behind them. Wow. Uh-oh. It looks like this. Uh, there's some speculation. I would say this sounds about right, that this is a universe where Loki won the events oh, of the first Avengers.
1: that's interesting.
0: Or perhaps where Iron Man didn't stop the nuke from going off. There you go. That might be either of those two things. And then that's the end of the episode.
1: Yes. What do you think of this one? Uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like I said... Um, uh, uh, B-15 steals the show in this episode for me. I thought she was just fantastic and she's not even in it that much, but her scenes are just heartbreaking and wonderful. Um, I was... I did. I literally screamed when when Mobius got killed. I was shocked. I was shocked. And uh, and then really thought for a moment that I was like, "Is the last two episodes just going to be about Sylvie. Are they that ballsy? I'm kind of bummed out that they're not that ballsy because I think that would have been very interesting and weird, but also, the show is called Loki, I guess. So, got to go with that. What's your big What's your big theory? My big theory is that the TVA was created by a Loki to kill off all the other Lokis because he wants to be the only Loki. That seems like a really reasonable. I think it's either got to be Loki or Kang, right? Those are like the well, only I, two I have realistic a, I have options. A Kang, I have a Kang theory as well, and that's that Kang knows that he's going to be killed by Loki. So he's going universe to universe, killing all the Lokis because he doesn't know which one's going to kill him. So he's trying to get ahead of it. But I also think that Ravona is Loki. Oh, wow. She's wearing a green shirt. It didn't huh. occur to me until this episode. I was like, hey, she's wearing a green shirt. That's weird. That is interesting. Yep. I think that this show,
0: has again, has the trickster DNA, so I think that it's all very possible. I think any of those things are possible. And I think what's really exciting to me is in this episode, when they pruned Mobius and then they pruned Loki, I was like, what the fuck are they going to do with this show? The reveal that being pruned doesn't kill you but shunts you off to some other world, it just – that works so well for me. Yeah. Like it's crazy. There's so the guy that created the showrunner, of the show, Michael Waldron. I know guys that know him. I don't know him personally. And I've known people who have worked with him over the years. And everybody said to me, he is one of the greats. He is a true genius. He is unbelievable. This episode has made me fundamentally believe that. Yeah. He's writing or he's written the next Doctor Strange. I could not be more excited. Oh, yeah. I I I mean,
1: mean, in the least, this is the best paced of the Marvel show so far. And, you know, which is a huge, I think, achievement at the end of the day. And and uh, there's not – every episode is built on what's come before. Everything is building and it feels like everything is constantly moving forward. He's very impressive. It's really well done, really well written show. But not just that, but he gets – he gets what we really want
0: in one of these things. There, it, this is This show is so big while it's yeah. not that big at all. And I think that's what a really good comic book does. It has these cosmic vistas and sco- and, and 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 stakes yeah. while actually maintaining a lot of small relationship stuff. He does that. What he's really good at, he's he's a he's a Rick and Morty veteran. And I suspect that this might be part of that training from the Rick and Morty, the, the front lines of Rick and Morty. He's yeah. really good at understanding tropes, using yes. tropes, making them actually work, like as the trope, and then also subverting them. Yeah. Like, that's, I think, the most incredible thing. This episode fundamentally upends everything that had come before. Yes. And it feels so satisfying. It doesn't feel like they were lying to us or they were fucking with us or this is bullshit. It feels so fucking satisfying when everything gets upended. Um, it really is
1: incredible. Did he write the most recent Rick and Morty episode with all the copies? He the did not. Copies? <laughs> Very similar kind of format of like, wait, who's the real one? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I, um, I just think it's incredible. And... I just – it's hard for me to explain just how happy this all made me, like in terms of how the structure of it worked. But watching this, I also realized something else. I think that Loki – we talked about this last week, that the problem with these Marvel shows is that – um just like sort of not the pacing, but it is sort of the pacing, right? I mean, like, um, like Falcon and exactly. Winter Soldier. Like we we talked about how there was like three Captain America movies that's almost the same length as a Marvel show, yeah. and yet you feel like way more happens in a Captain America trilogy than happened in Falcon and War Soldier. Loki feels like a trilogy. I like. I, mm. The first two episodes yeah. are the first movie, and it's Loki yeah. getting involved with the TVA, investigating, tricking them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The finale of episode two is the end of the first movie, which is Loki getting away from the TVA and discovering the next thing. The next two episodes is movie two in the trilogy, and it is Loki having an adventure separately. Like, you might do it differently in a movie, right? Like, you sure, wouldn't sure, be all sure. one location. You would have multiple locations, so don't get me wrong. But yeah. it's Loki having an adventure... Then it's upping the stakes, and it's bringing the story the, – it's bringing the heroes to their lowest point. So at the end of the second movie, your heroes are dead, yeah. you think, and you're about – everything that you thought you knew is wrong. It's the end of the second Matrix, right? It's everything you thought you knew was wrong, and all of a sudden, what are you actually fighting? What's going to happen? Yeah. And then the, the next two episodes will be the, the
1: conclusion, the, the third movie of the trilogy. I mean I really think it maps to a trilogy format really nicely. I, I – Maybe this is just difference in how our brains work. I think it maps perfectly to an 80s comic book miniseries. Like, I can hear, I can see the covers to each episode where it's, like, the first one and, like, the word blurbs on them where it's, like, the first one would be, like, Loki captured, you know, like, Loki in the hands of the time variants, you know, the time variant association, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the second one is, like, caught in the storm. And the third one is is Loki at the end of the world. And you know, this one is, (laughs) is Loki meets the time, uh, whatever they're called the timekeepers and who knows what five and six will be. But like, I can see the covers to them and they feel very much like a mini series where each issue or each episode is telling a complete, you feel like you've gotten a complete tale, but it's setting up the next part. And it's a crazy adventure as he travels around to different places. Each issue is a different place. I think that's also totally correct too. I think it's, it's, Totally
0: a hundred percent. Like I think that you're right. I think it's both those things though. Do you know what I mean? Like I think in terms of the pacing, I yeah. think that it works on a movie. Like when we're done with this, I think we're gonna get as much like story meat and mythology as you get in a couple of movies, which we did not get in Fucking I disagree with
1: that. I disagree with that. But Oh, I don't know. I really feel like they've created a whole universe over here. They they have, but but I I mean it's a very small universe at this point. I mean we'll see, we'll see what happens in these last two episodes, but at this point it feels like a very limited universe and, 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 you know, we're seeing little bits and bobs.
0: I mean, but, that's the captain America movies, the same thing. You know what I mean? Like if we're going to use those as like the golden standard of like a trilogy, which is actually, we shouldn't because civil war is like an Avengers movie. Yeah. But that's the best of the Marvel trilogies, frankly. Um, I don't know. I just, I, it just, it really has that feel to me. I don't think it's a perfect, I don't think, I think if I made this as a movie trilogy, I would blow each of them out a bit more because the, the thing is that the two episodes each are coming under two hours. Right. So if I was doing a Marvel movie, I would have 30 to 40 more minutes of content in that. Like I hate, I use the word content. I'm sorry. 30 to 40 more minutes of runtime in there. So I would have more stuff going on and I wouldn't have a solid hour on that one planet. If I was doing a second movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. He'd be on six different planets. Um, but it's still the same. I don't know. I just, but, but I also think that your take on it is right too. It it has that feeling of a comic book storyline where it's, anything can happen and there's like wonder and excitement and like big ideas all around every single corner.
1: Yeah. Like, like, like if, if it was a comic when Loki gets put in his jail cell and he's reliving a moment over and over again, it would, it wouldn't have been Sif. It would have been like Thor because you can just draw Thor where they're not going to pay Chris Hemsworth to show up for like right a day, you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I'm,
0: I'm not a big fan of Sif, but it was cool to see her because she hasn't been in a Marvel thing in like eight years. I mean, like, so that, I mean, like, I'm it's not cool, cool, but it was like, wow, that's a person I haven't thought about in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they had to remind everybody before Thor and Love and Thunder comes out that she, she lived. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that Loki, as the, the variant Loki, is a pretty good guess as who's behind the TVA. That makes a lot of sense. I think Kang makes some sense or Kang at least coming out of the rubble of this storyline makes some sense. Yes. You know, um, Reddit was really excited about Mephisto in WandaVision, but I think that that was more – even though Mephisto was involved in the stories that they were riffing on in WandaVision, that felt yeah. like more of a stretch. Kang feels like less of a stretch Yeah, for this And if you have Kang show up in this, even if he just shows up like in a cameo in the last episode or whatever, you're giving him a little bit of runway before he shows up in in Ant-Man 3, um, which makes a lot of sense. Um, But a a variant Loki would be the thing that makes the most thematic sense at the end of the day, right? I mean, that's the thing that when it's It's all said and done. right? Yeah. Because how many different times did Loki get the Tesseract in different variant realities? And in one of those, all that he has to do is become, create the TVA. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And the, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, and the whole, the whole Oz thing speaks to Loki too, I think. Very much so. That Very whole idea so. of the man behind the curtain, the liar, the, you know. Yeah. You old humbug. Um, I thought that was gonna be Richard E. Grant, frankly. like if That's we what gonna I, do I
1: thought that. too. Uh, that, that uh, Like, I was like, oh, obviously Richard E. Grant is the evil Loki who's running everything. And then he shows up and he still could be. You know, there's nothing that says that he can't be in that destroyed place and just messing with with Loki now for some reason, trying to find out something.
0: Well, I'm really excited to find out what that place is.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to find out if
0: everybody who gets pruned ends up in that same place or they end up in different places, how that works. Yes. Um, I'm very excited – but again, like, this episode, I think, uh, upended things so
1: much that I don't take anything for granted in the final two episodes. No, not at all. I think anything's possible. I, I have no idea where it could be going. Like, I have ideas of where it could be going, don't get me wrong. But I have no, like, like, I honestly feel like it's something where I'm not like, oh, obviously this is going to happen next. right? You know, so I'm, right. I'm excited to see. Where, like, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier is like, look, we all know he's going to end up taking back the shield, so...
0: Right. He's going to take yeah. the shield become Captain America. They're going to defeat the bad guys.
1: Yeah.
0: That's okay. And that's funny. No, that's not a problem. Like, you no, know how no. that's going to work. But this, the, the possibilities are so, like, Loki's going to quote unquote win at the end of this, but I don't even know what winning looks like. Not a clue. Right now. Not a clue. I like, don't even know if he's going to win at the end of all this. Well, he'll win in that he will be alive. Maybe. There will, be a, there will be a living Loki at the end of this. There's just no way they're killing Loki. There the will be – yes, I agree there will be
1: a living Loki at the end of all of this. And it will be Tom Hiddleston. So I, mean, like, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be Tom Hiddleston. I think it's going to be Tom Hiddleston. I can, I, 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 I can see them being like, hey, man, we moved on from, from Tony Stark. We moved on from Steve Rogers. Time for a new Loki. What's up, Sylvie? How you the doing? The thing is I don't think that Hiddleston's interested in moving on. I think that those other guys were interested in moving on. I, but I can see Marvel being interested in moving on and being like, hey, you're an immortal God and you're getting old. I, I don't mean. know about that. I think that they would love to have
0: Chris Evans still running around if they could. I don't think they would be against it. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so I don't know that that's 100% the case with Loki. And I think that Hiddleston loves playing the character. I think he knows where his bread is buttered. Yeah. I mean, that's that, the I, most I important, important thing. When, when, when an actor like him knows where his bread is buttered in terms yeah. of like, oh, this is the gig that's going to carry me through the rest of my life. Yeah. That's like a pretty good position to be in. Robert Downey Jr. is not, not as interested in that. Although well, he's Robert in Black Widow. He's got
1: billions of dollars. He's got
0: now. billions of dollars, you know? <laughs> Chris Evans wants to do other things. He spends a lot of time doing Captain America. It's a lot of work. He has to keep himself in a lot of shape. It's not like, yeah. you know,
1: yeah. um, you want to say he wants to take a break for five or six years. That well, makes yeah, sense. Chris Evans wants to get into politics. <laughs> that does seem to be the case, doesn't yeah. it? Which is interesting because like, he seems to just really be Captain America in real life too with his thought process. So it's like, he
0: sort of is, but he's also um, a Boston party boy. Yes. Did I ever tell you one of my, I have a couple of Chris Evans stories, some of which I cannot tell on this podcast.
1: Have I ever told you any of my Chris Evans stories? You told me, you told me a few about getting real drunk with him at at parties. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I'll tell one right here. Um,
0: uh, We were at the, Premier party, the LA premiere party. I went to the premiere of world's end in both London and LA. And, um, I was at the LA party and Chris Evans was there and Chris Evans comes around and I am hanging out with Edgar Wright and some other people. And Chris Evans comes around and he goes, shots, shots, S O S H O T S shots. And then he comes back and he brings us shots. And it turns out that bit in world's end where, uh, Nick Frost says that shots shots. That's a Chris Evansism.
1: That's amazing.
0: Edgar Wright picked that up from him on Scott Pilgrim. And that's just what Chris Evans does. Like if you go to the bar with Chris Evans, he's like shots, shots, S-H-O-T-S, shots. Yeah. And that's like one For of his
1: things. Fairness to Chris Evans, it's what he did. We don't know what he does now. It's been I, a can't, long time. I cannot say. This is a
0: long time ago. It he may not be on the longer drinker, but he was like a delightful party boy. He, like, he definitely was, still drinks. We know he still drinks. He was a delightful party boy. Like he's the kind of guy who was loaded and was clearly the life of the fucking party. And he (laughs) hung out with his like, his like Southie Boston friends at the
1: Avengers premiere. Like he's like a
0: very cool dude.
1: He's the kind of guy that accidentally tweets a picture of his penis and then makes jokes about it. (laughs) He sure does. You know, he's like, all right, that happened. Like he, he, you definitely get the feeling from Chris Evans whenever you see him. He's like, yeah, I lucked into a really good life here. So I'm not going to complain about much and good for him. He deserves it. he's a good actor too, so good for him. He's great. I I I love him. And he's just the sweetest guy in real life. It yeah, seems like he's... a honestly nice guy. So it's and all yeah. I'm all happy.
0: Uh but I also I understand, like I bet I bet he comes back. I don't know. I don't know if he will. I bet he does. I'll bet money yeah. he does. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not like forever.
1: About but like, like
0: when when this Kang phase four, phase five stuff comes to the head. Yeah. Do you think that they're not going to pass up the opportunity to
1: have somebody pull a Captain America out of an alternate reality? I think it I think it will be it'll all depend on how much they've done with Sam as Captain America. Cuz you don't want to be like, here, hey, here's Captain America. You know, Sam Wilson's Captain America now, and then in, you know, before Sam gets his own movie, you're like, by the way, here's Steve Rogers again. Oh no, this is like 5 or 6 years from now. This is like then, when they, this is when then, they we, do, we don't know how long it's going to be before the Sam Wilson Captain America movie. No, I
0: think that they're building up to like Avengers 7 or whatever. Like I think that's what it's going to be. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that's going to be – there's going to be Avengers 5, 6, and 7. So I think that we're looking at many years down the road, six, seven years down the road. Um, Longer
1: than that. Ten years down the road right? or something I mean, like that. I mean maybe.
0: I mean maybe it's quicker than that. Wh- Phase 4 wh- doesn't have – so we're in a weird timeline because the pandemic pushed everything back two years, right? Yeah. And um, Phase 4 doesn't have an Avengers movie. Yeah. So, who knows how that's all going to play out? Will there even be an Avengers movie, or are they going to call it something else? Do you know what I mean? When they bring all the characters together, which is what they do, they may just not have announced the Phase Four
1: Avengers movie.
0: It's possible, or they may just have something different. It might just be called Secret War or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, but they're going to do a movie where they bring all the characters together. Yes. Like that's a guarantee. That's their whole fucking thing, right? Now, in that movie, at the end, in the darkest moment. Once Sam has been in a bunch of movies, he'll have been in one or two of his own movies. He'll have shown up in other people's movies as well. Fucking Steve Rogers from an alternate universe or whatever
1: comes up. Oh, that, that, yeah. That's when you redo Endgame and right. you have Sam standing there and you hear on your left. Exactly. And, and there, and he turns around and if it's all time stuff, like if it's uh what was that storyline? Avengers forever, right. In the comics. Right. Which is a great name for a movie, by the way, but you missed it with the fourth one. But, uh, he turns around and it's every past version of the Avengers. And you can even have Tony Stark, Iron Man there. You just keep him in his helmet. <laughs> like it's just CG Iron Man. Mm-hmm. If, if Robert Downey Jr. doesn't but want to But the thing is back. that Evans, when he left, it wasn't on bad terms. No, you he left because I mean? he didn't want to do it. He was like, I'm, he was, I'm he'd done. done it. He'd done
0: it a lot. And, yeah. but after a few years off, a lot of people change their tune. Like it's very sure, common. Sure. And also the other thing is that they're going to throw money at him. Like you wouldn't fucking believe. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I'm going to say right now that Chris Evans will return as Captain America someday. All right. Assuming, you know, the world doesn't come to a climate death, but like assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, (laughs) after that tangent about the MCU, yeah, this was like my favorite episode of the show so far. Um, and I've loved this show so far. I think we're four
1: episodes in and I have no complaints. No, no, I've really, this is, of the three Marvel shows, this is my favorite so far.
0: And I've enjoyed Without- the
1: other two. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to,
0: like, shit on the other two. I had, I had no, my no, problems no, no. with Outdoor no, Soldier, no. um, but I really like, I really like WandaVision a lot. Um, But I also, the other thing is that, like, so WandaVision kind of didn't stick the landing. Yes. I believe this is going to stick the landing.
1: I have I faith see. in this. We'll see. we'll see. Yeah, I know. You're much more careful, but I have faith in it. I, I'm interested because they kept saying that the, uh, that little clock cartoon was going to be important and i am wondering if that was a a red herring thing or yeah, we got
0: if, two, we got two more, or more episodes yeah
1: is, is that little clock maybe that clock thing is the true villain
0: i mean that the end of this episode really felt like the end of the fucking story i mean it was a crazy like how like big that felt and then they spin it out to a whole different fucking well, I, thing
1: I, I mean like i said i really honestly believe like they could have ended it without that little post credits thing. And I would have spent a week being like, I guess it's about Sylvie. <laughs> and I would have been fine with that. I like her. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of exciting that they're going that wild with it. Like this is completely unexpected. So I was kind of excited at that concept. and that But I was even me. more
0: excited at what we saw on that post-credits Oh scene. Yeah,
1: yeah, that post-credits scene was fantastic. I mean, that was absolutely fantastic. But And you know, I got a message here on the
0: Patreon from somebody asking does that open up the Door for the Netflix characters, and I would say the answer is yes. Oh yes, yeah, without a doubt, everything is open now. Everything's open now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is this opens up the door for the 70s spider Spider-Man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the, the door is
1: wide open. Once you mean, have a this Crocodile is, Loki, like the door is fully wide open. I, I mean, th- th- this is the same as the CW shows doing the Crisis on Infinite Earths and. Being like, by the way, 60s Batman, that's right here. That's this universe over here. And, you know, 90s Flash was over here. And like just connecting every DC show that ever existed into it, into where they couldn't do the cartoons in the TV show. So they did a special comic where all the cartoon characters, like the Super Friends and the Fleischer uh, Superman and stuff show up. You know, it's like, yeah, it's all in there. It's all part of it now. This is you yeah. Know, the comics are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. They're uh, they're out there somewhere. They're six one six or whatever. You know. And there you go. Yeah, and it's,
0: everything is everything is in in play. And this is opening the door for the new Spider Man and Doctor Strange. So I'm very I'm very excited. Um, I, I was really burned out on Marvel after um, after Endgame.
1: Yeah, all they had to do was um, steal more stuff from DC, and it worked out.
0: <laughs> all they had to do was improve the stuff that DC was was wasting.
1: Yes, I, I said to my friend Todd today. Uh, what was it we were called? I got to look what we were discussing. Uh, tch, tch, tch. Where'd it go? where to go? go? Uh, oh, uh, he, he said, uh, the flash of two worlds will seem passe by the time WB gets around to it because of all the Loki stuff. And then I said, Marvel's beat DC to the punch in every level. It's embarrassing. It really yeah. is. It's a real bummer. Yeah. It's a real bummer. All right. That's it for this week. If you guys enjoyed oh, this yeah, week. But we do have a correction and omission. What's that? Uh, We received a message from listener uh, Blaine Zemo about his child. uh, Because last week we discussed... Oh, that's right. I I wish...
0: Yes, I wish we had talked about this at the beginning.
1: I wanted to save it for the end because I I think it's a very interesting discussion. But uh, we discussed the last episode was, is Loki just saying that he's bisexual enough to really mean anything? Or do you need more than that? When we felt like it was just kind of like a hand wave. But Blaine Zemo explained that his child... Um, it really affected them and, and, uh, uh it really gave them a, a lot of happiness and a lot of hope. So the show is, you know, doing that, having Loki come out as bisexual on the show is it's affected. It's, it's helped at least one person and that's fantastic. And it's a young person too, right? I mean, that's yes, the other yes, thing. The, like, that's the, the beautiful part. Yeah. Yes. It's a young person. So
0: that's really lovely. Yeah. So, you know, what? as two like CIS het guys, we talk about like, well, this feels like it's just like pandering or whatever. Not, but not, not what we're saying. We were just saying, does this really count as progress. Um, but to hear from the people who it's really impacting, is really beautiful. And, uh, it's very easy to be cynical about this stuff. I think it's very easy. Um, because so much corporate art is so cynical in so many ways, but this stuff does touch
1: real people in real ways. And so that's really beautiful to hear. Yeah. And if you want, uh, Blaine Zemo, I'm pretty sure it's not his real name, but that's the name I know him as. Uh, he puts up some of his, his kids' art on his Twitter. His Twitter is at Blaine Zemo, B L A I N Z E M O. And the kids' art is fantastic, really talented. So, yeah, very talented. You should go check that out. Yeah.
0: All right. That's the episode, right? That's the episode. Thanks for remembering that. I had wanted to do that. I don't write anything down. So I have uh, yeah. I have clinical inattention and I, things disappear in my That's brain. Right, so because, I apologize.
1: Well, about halfway through this episode, I remembered some news that I'd forgotten about. So <laughs>
0: we'll pick it up next time. Yeah. All right. If you like us talking about this shit here, you might like us talking about Star Wars. We do a Star Wars TV show podcast called The Bad Batch every single week. It's for patrons only at www.patreon.com slash cinemasanga, S-A-N-G-H-A. And once a month, we do a show called Watchmen where we watch super. Superhero movies and do deep dives. If you like this Marvel stuff, we're gonna be talking about Black Widow. Not here on Marvel Vision, we're gonna be talking about it on Watchmen in just a couple of weeks, because the movie's coming out in a couple of weeks. Ten days. That is gonna be available to anybody who's a $5 or above subscriber. Bad Batch is available to anybody who's a $1 and above subscriber. So if you want to hear us talk about Black Widow for a couple hours, you're gonna want to subscribe to Watchmen. We'll remind you in the coming weeks. Don't worry about that. Um, in the meantime, Derek, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at wh underscore wholehat, and you can find me on Twitter at DevonCF. And in the meantime, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe. Most of all, may you be burdened with glorious purpose.